So I'm really excited. I'm here talking to my friend Mo, and I am doing something that I have in this sort of year of reinvention and reimagining what things can look like. I, for the first time, am sitting with a cocktail in a woman's bed. So thank you for this is the first time I've ever done this. I Yeah. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me and sharing some of your life story. I really appreciate it. Well, I love you. And let me just tell you, I was literally about to say, this is the first time that I've actually had a gay man in my bed. And then I went, oh, nope, that's not, nope, that's <laughs> See, not true. And this is exactly <laughs> why I want to speak to you. This is exactly why I want to speak to you. Because we were talking about this idea of reinvention and reimagining mm-hmm. what the world looks mm-hmm. like. And you are somebody, so to give people a little bit of context, I lived with you. Yes. Uh, several years ago. Yes, not in a sexual way. Let's no, just let, like let's let's let your listeners. You were you were essentially a landlord, <laughs> a friend and a landlord. Yes, exactly. You needed a space, and I had a space. And so I, it was awesome. One of the things that I really learned a lot from you is this idea of reinvention, and I and I and I do mean that. And one of the things that I want to talk with you today about is in this sort of season of all of us having to reinvent we all get knocked down at different times and i feel like all of us have to figure out ways to pick ourselves back up and you are somebody that i feel like has consistently figured out ways over around and through and you have been an inspiration perhaps unconsciously to people like me so talk to me a little bit about if you don't mind to start off time a time in your life when you feel like and pick whatever time you want where you feel like you had to Reinvent yourself and how you went about doing that. Man, there's a lot of those. I know. I that's mean, why I'm I want to old. Talk with you. I'm 59, I... so you know, like I feel like there's there's been uh, many times where you reinvent yourself, especially as a woman, right? I mean, you know, those times when you get married, and there are times when you have children, and um, and then when you go through a divorce. All of those moments make you reinvent yourself for things like that. Um, I think that. One of the ways you and I connect with the reinventing ourselves is that idea of losing something, losing mm-hmm. love, getting hurt, mm-hmm. um, like in a very large way and having it change the way you look at yourself because you've kind of backed yourself into a corner yeah. where you've actually lost who you thought you were. That's right. And you can't remember anymore. Yeah. And then, you, you know, for me... Um, and I, this is so interesting because I'm 59 years old and I realized at that point, I've never had my heart broken. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty lucky that that happened at a very later age of my life where I've never had my heart broken. Mm-hmm. But that kind of pain is what forces you to change who you are and to look at things or to focus on something else. So what happened is for me, it was a physical thing. So I like focused on the one thing I could change that I had power over. Mm-hmm. And it was what I put into my body and how many times I went to the gym and what I wore and things like that. And the things that get you through every single day, not even every single day, every minute of every day, because that's what you need. You know, and, you need to focus on that. And when you say focus on that, you're right. I think we do have perhaps that in common. I you know what, what really prompted this idea of reinvention and the sort of the inspiration behind this this podcast for me was I feel like over the last year uh, I was with somebody for 10 years and we 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 broke up about a year ago and 
even when, at least in my mind, you know that something is really painful and needs to end, it still fucking hurts when it ends. At least it did for me. It's devastating. And it forces you, I find, my self-esteem took a hit. So like some people handle this in any number of ways. <laughs> I, I dated half of Manhattan. I went out on a lot of dates. And until I felt good in myself, I don't think that I was able to, until I sort of believed that other people found me interesting. I was not able to get past some of the hurt that I had, I think, from the past. So how did you... you why do we do show. that? Can I just ask why we do that? Why is it that we have to have ourselves validated by other people? Why do we have to say, you know, I have to find somebody else that finds me interesting? It's Because I hear that all the time. Oh, my God, Mo, you're so interesting. Oh, my God, you're so interesting. I... For me, it's just I've been living my life. I mean, I also was raised in a bar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like as a kid, my mother owned a bar. Mm-hmm. So I found some very interesting characters in that bar, you know, people with stories. And so I think that that's one of those things is that those stories are the things that 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 attract me to people and that make me follow through with that storyline. And then at the end of the story, I'm like a little bit more interesting because mm-hmm. I went through that journey. But you brought up something that I think is so important. You talk about needing this external validation. And I know right. for me, I definitely needed that after. And oh, so I think I, we all do. But why? Oh, that's a, that's a question right? that I'm asking. Why, why the hell do why? we need this? I do You know, I think it's fear, maybe fear of being alone, fear of um, of rejection. Maybe it's maybe it's fear of success. Right. What do you mean fear of success? Because I was talking to Robert, who was on this podcast before. He's a guy that I met on Facebook dating. And he talked about fear of rejection in this idea that when he goes on initial, what I would call first dates, he says they're just friendly meetups because I don't want to get my hopes up because I'm fearful of being rejected. And he talks about that on the podcast. So that's right. that's how he frames it to, to sort of be able to get through it. I found that at least initially, I, if I sensed that there was going to be a rejection, I would cut and run very quickly because I didn't want to deal with it. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I was terribly afraid. Not so much anymore, but at least initially, yes. If I thought that somebody was going to reject me, I would just get the hell out as quickly as I could. You didn't do that ever? You know, I'm one of these people where I'm like, if you don't love me, you just need to tell me. And I'm okay with that. But do people tell you? I'm okay with that. I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. My thing is, I don't, I'm, I always say to people, I don't need you in my life. I want you in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you're here and you're, you're with me, you're enjoying like 100% of who I am in my life. Mm-hmm. My friends, my family, my bed, my, my, you know, my hopes, my dreams, my future, everything I bring that all to the table, right? If you don't want to be a part of that, then just let me know and I need to, then I will move on. That's absolutely fine. And I'm okay with that. I'm truly okay with that. Yeah. You know, because I do think, I mean, there's how many billions of people on this planet? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it would be okay to know that not everyone is the right person for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I've got to believe there's more than one, you know, clearly we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you though also something that i'm very interested in because we were talking about part of this podcast is about being gay and you are not gay but you i've always said are like sometimes in some ways a woman a a gay man trapped in a woman's 
body. And well, I'm the gayest man you know. Yeah, yeah, in so, ma- in so many ways. And one of the things that you do is you work... And I a- would date you totally, by oh, the way. thank you. Yeah, That's I very affirming say, for me. So absolutely no rejection here. Thank you. Okay, yeah. I, and I, if I, I liked women, totally. I would and I would, I would, would date you too. Well, I do believe I'm your Carla. Oh, good. Oh, good. I like, I like that. That's a reference to bad moms for people who... Yeah, no, I, I, I believe that as well. So one of the things also that I think is... That I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about, if you don't mind, is you... Um, have worked for several years at an organization in upstate New York that works with a variety, a variety of folks, but one um, group that it works with is gay youth. Yes. And yes. I know... At the Q Center. At the Q Center. Yes. And I know that I had a super easy time because my father just called me one day and was like, you're gay and it's fine. My mother's like was on the phone as well. It was the easiest coming out story. I don't have any... I've never had any problems. Most of the guys that I went out with over the last year did not have it that easy. Yeah. And I would imagine that most of the youth that you see do not have it that easy either. You know, it's, this is really interesting because this brings me back to my own youth. And, uh, well, the quick answer to that question is absolutely not. And everybody's got a story. And you have to make sure that everyone tells their own coming out story. Everybody, that belongs to you individually. Don't, don't let anyone say to you, you need to come out, you know, it's coming out day and you need to be coming out, you know, and, and I get that. I get the whole glass closet thing. I understand that it's, it's very important to a lot of people. It is, but I also think that it's deeply personal. And I think that it's a moment when you're ready for it and you shouldn't do anything before you feel like you're ready. I think that that's the most important thing. And I do think that everyone needs to find a support system. I agree. When I was, um, 19 years old, I was in college, and I uh, sang. I was a singer. I mean, I still sing a little bit, but I went to school for music. And I got a job singing at this little gay bar downtown called Sissy Saloon. It was on Water Street. It was the best little restaurant in the world. And it was, they served food, and they served lunches. And then at night, it just turned into this magical place where, um, well, during the day, it was... Actually, the doors were locked. So men would come in, they would knock on the door with their briefcase and their suits on, and they would, you know, obviously walk in and they would have lunch with their husbands or their boyfriends at this time. Now, we're talking, this is the early 80s. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, um, think about early 80s. Nobody's really talking about being gay. We haven't quite hit that that full-blown HIV thing yet but it's still very quiet right so men are you know having lunches with their with their boyfriends and their and their husbands and you know everybody knocks on the door to get into this restaurant and and it's a bar at night and and you know what it felt so I think clandestine you know like when you think about it you talk about it but to them it was just lunch Mm -hmm. It was just lunch with the person that they love, the person that they want to be with, or friends, or whoever, their community, you know. And then at night, some of these men would come back to the bar, and they'd be dressed in full-blown drag. And as as an actress, to me, I was like... I have found this magical place that, you know, where, where these are my people and I love them. And I, when I was young, I sounded a little bit like Barbara Streisand Mm -hmm. and, um, and they loved it. They always wanted me to sing, and I was always singing. And, you know, I, that's what I did, like, for Sunday brunches. We would have a little, you know, sing-along, and there'd be a, a pianist there. And I always found, like, a $20 bill in my pocket, mm-hmm. right? And somebody would say, honey, you, 
you make sure you've got groceries or you know what I found this great coat for you and you need to have this because it's it's winter and you need to stay warm and and so these men these men became my family you know and and then literally like a year later people started getting sick and and people were get, not sick for very long they were getting sick and they were dying very quickly mm-hmm. and there were dozens of them that just like all of a sudden they were there and then 3 weeks later they weren't that's how quickly it happened that's mm-hmm. how that's how quickly i remember that that piece you know happening those people were not gay men in a bar those people were my family those people were my friends mm-hmm. and and it was such a loss to this community and i don't even know who remembers that or who knows that um so when i when i now in my 50s you know i've been with acer health for 10 years now <clears throat> to be able to work for lgbtq youth who are homeless who have low self esteem who are uh you know doing sex work to survive who are finding themselves without that support system that they need i wonder just how much has changed in this world you know and and how this kind of reckoning like you're saying this reinvention that's happening in the world right now i mean it's big it's bigger than than all of us know you know it's it's black lives matter it's indigenous people trying to get statues of columbus taken down it's 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 gay communities that are trying to just have equality. I mean, what is everybody so afraid of, right? It's just equality. And, and we're all just trying to reinvent ourselves in a way. And I wonder, too, you're talking about being, you know, in this bar and, 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 and meeting gay men when you were when you're younger and seeing some of the challenges that some of the youth that you work with face now, do you think in any way that, cause I find as somebody who's, I just turned 35 a few weeks ago and I find that the guys that I know that are a bit older than me. So in their sixties and seventies had a much harder time with being gay than I ever had. Now, I don't know if it's because I was born in a different era because I had a very different set of parents than what other people had. Because I know that a lot of the guys that I have met over the last year, since the end of my relationship, as I said, I went out with a lot of guys, almost everybody has had a story about having real challenge. And it's just not something that I have been able to relate to. And I think I've really hit the the jackpot in some ways with like family and, but it sounds like the young people that you work with still have massive challenges as it relates to being accepted for who they are and being able to carve a place for themselves in this world. I'm not saying that every story is difficult. Every story isn't difficult. Okay. I mean, we've had people that have actually come in um, brought by their their grandfathers. We had one young woman who came out to her grandfather, um, a young transgender uh, woman. And uh, she came out to her parents. Her parents disowned her. She... Um, uh, called her grandfather who had always loved her and her grandfather was like you're living with me you are you are my granddaughter you're living with me he drove her 30 minutes twice a week to the Q center so that she could hang out in the very fr- I will never forget the first time we opened up the doors to the Q center to her 
and there you know she saw the computers and she saw the library and she saw the the um kind of rec room and the kitchen and she was like you mean I can come here whenever I want and I was like yeah and she cried and I don't tell that story to make people feel bad I tell that story because I want people to feel hopeful Mm -hmm. you know that is a really beautiful hopeful story and Jason let me tell you something just because your story wasn't difficult Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you don't have a story you changed that story into something else right you've got a foundation Mm -hmm. you know you help people that need to be lifted up Mm -hmm. so that's what you do that's your story yeah so everybody has that it's not um you know, you see that struggle for for others. That doesn't mean you're, because you didn't go through it, you're blind to it, mm-hmm. right? But I think part of the struggle, too, that I have, too, is I think there's a lot of what I would argue at times, sort of internalized homophobia. For example, uh, I, this was a while ago and without, I, I very much respect people's desire for privacy, so I'm going to speak somewhat vaguely about this. But I took okay. a picture with a number of folks, all of whom were gay. And there was one individual that I took the picture with that was like, I am uncomfortable with this picture, who I believe is also gay. Right. And I said, what is the, I said, what is the issue with the, the picture? And this individual responded and said, you know, I feel like sometimes uh, you put me in sort of a, a, a box. Uh, and I said, well, can you tell me more about that? Because I would never intentionally ever do that. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're talking about? And he said, well, you know, like, I think I'm bi and you say that I'm gay. And I said, okay, fine. I said, you know, when, when you send me grinder shots, it's usually like, I, I get a certain impression that, that you're gay. <laughs> That'd be gay. But to you, if you're not gay, you're not gay. The problem that I have is you have a problem with being pictured in an image with other men who are clearly gay. And for me, that's insulting because I was a part of that picture. Do you find that there are people who struggle so much with who they are that? that sort of manifests itself in the way that I've just described. Because I was sort of flabbergasted when this individual was like, I don't really like this picture. I think that that's just one person's just struggle and just journey, right? Because I also think that um, when you look at what's going on now, I mean, when I first got my job 10 years ago at ACR Health, the big deal was talking about how we all need to be like, bringing out less labels right I mean it doesn't it like just be who you are love who you love you know what I mean there's that beautiful song from I don't know if you've ever heard um from man of importance and uh it there's a line that says uh you know uh people can be harsh and words can be hurtful and you just have to you know love who you love and believe what you believe and and you know and move forward with that mm-hmm. uh, I think that <clears throat> now there's so much and I don't even know if it's controversy but there's a lot of labels there's a lot more labels now than there were even 10 years ago mm-hmm. right I mean there's a there's a pride flag for just about everything mm-hmm. and everyone who loves everyone I mean there's a bear flag and there's a flag for you know um people who are asexual and people who, you know, and, and some people really embrace that. And some people are just like, you know, I love who I love, Mm -hmm. you know, and some days it might be a woman and some days it might be a man. And I don't, and I don't necessarily know if anybody, you know, cause to some people that would be non-gender binary or, you know, I'm, I, sometimes I'm bisexual, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I 
feel like putting on a dress and sometimes I feel like putting on a pair of pants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just, I think it's just for us, the rest of the world, to say, you just be who you need to be. Well, that's what I hear you saying is like being comfortable in your own skin. And do you think you well, say it, you said that you've, <clears throat> you've obviously had, like all of us have had triumphs and setbacks in your life. At this stage in your life, do you feel like you've accepted who you are? I think it's, I think that, um, that idea, that stupid quote about, you know, uh, it, it's a journey and not a destination. I think that that's, uh, that's what life is about, right? I mean, I change every day. I wake up every morning and I'm like, okay, I've got a, another opportunity to do something new. I've got another opportunity to, you know, reach out to somebody that I haven't talked to, or I've got another opportunity to learn a new song or, or to touch someone who really needs help you know, in my, in my workforce or to make a connection with my child, um, or to do something like this. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't necessarily think that I'll ever be accepting. I will say this, I'm less accepting of bullshit. Mm -hmm. I'm totally less accepting of, of watching people struggle who don't need to struggle necessarily. You know, I'm, I'm really, um, sick of and I don't and I don't stay quiet much more you know I mean I will I will uh go to that rally and Mm -hmm. I will speak up Mm -hmm. and I will do whatever it is that you know I need to do um for example we're right in the middle of Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. right I mean we're we are smack in the middle of this as a white woman of privilege who grew up poor Mm -hmm. My one job, I feel, is to shut up and listen, mm-hmm. right? When someone comes to me and says, I need you for this, I need your help on this, then I'll do whatever it is that, that I'm asked. But I will say that, that there are other things like, uh, I will talk to a parent and say, you know, your child is, is gay. I mean, would you rather they be dead? Mm-hmm. Because that's what, I mean... You know, LGBTQ youth are four times, uh, you know, more likely to drop out of school. They're also like seven times more likely to commit suicide. And if they're transgender, that goes up to like 14. Mm -hmm. That number goes up to 14. And that's not even young black male, you know. I mean, so so there's there's a huge cultural difference too. So I don't know. Am I... Am I accepting of where I am right now, of me personally? I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot less bullshit that I'm going to take. And I'm not going to make excuses for how I feel about things. But I also feel like that's there is a tremendous amount of responsibility that I still feel that's placed on me as a member of this community. Mm-hmm. And we all should feel that now. Well, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're talking about two things, if I hear you right. The first is accepting who you are because I as I mentioned as part of this is like it's a a process of like self-realization for me and talking with people like you and talking with people like Robert I'm going to be talking to a few other boys I've met along the way and (laughs) I can't wait yeah well stay tuned (laughs) and you know the 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 other question that I would have for you I have a few questions is what in your life right now 
What are you most proud of? And I'm gonna actually answer this first question and then I want you to tell me. I know you have an amazing, brilliant, kind, awesome daughter that I love chatting to every time I am here. So May is obviously some someone that you're very proud of, that you support. Other than May, yes. what else would you say is something that you are most proud of in your life right now? I'm really proud of the agency I work for. I'm, I'm proud of my work. I don't think everybody can say that. I don't mm-hmm. think everybody says, I love my job and I'm really proud of what, the work that we do. And I don't think you can fake that either. Because I think, in my experience in working, people can like juice up their resume a little bit. They can, But like, I don't think mm-hmm. you can bullshit passion. You either have it or you don't. And I feel like if you don't have it, it's clear. Have you found that to be the case? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can sniff in, you know, like in, uh, you know, like some, if somebody is not being authentic, I can, you can tell in a minute. Mm-hmm. And isn't that sad? Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. Because I think that that, if, if they can fake it with what they're doing for their living, then I'm sure that they can fake it on so many other levels in their life. Mm-hmm. And that would be a very sad thing for me. I agree. You know, I also, you know what, I've got to say this, Jason, that in the past year, I've kind of been proud of myself because I don't, I'm not giving up on, on love, right? I'm not giving up on this idea that I'm just enjoying someone else's company, right? I'm always open for, for that. And Mm. I think that that's a really big thing. It's huge. You know, it is That's huge. Thing. How um, have you gotten to the place where you're able to do that? Because I, you know, you have spoken about heartbreak in the past and I yeah. felt like I had some of that this year as well. And how did you get to the place where you've not given up on it? Because that's actually very good for me as well to know as I sort of navigate my life at 35. Okay, well, first of all, I love sex. Mm-hmm. I think sex is really, really important. I okay. think sex is really important for your health. Yeah. I think it's it's a, um, emotionally, mentally, physically, I think it's really, really important. Sure. So, you know, this, um, I mean, while it's a little bit different uh, these days with a lot of the dating apps, I've mm-hmm. never been on a dating app. I okay. have to admit that. I've okay. never done that. Well, if you ever want to learn, <laughs> I was on almost all of them. So I can... I, I can. Know, but, but you know what? Somebody once said to me that it's a lot of work. Like if you're going to do it, it's it a, is a lot, lot of, work. of work. It is a lot of work. And you meet a lot of people along the way that, at least in my experience, there's many people that are on there that I probably wouldn't want to meet. But then there's a number of people on there, as I said, and some of whom I'm going to be talking to on this, who... Even it didn't. Even though it didn't work out. Even though we're not, you know, gonna live happily ever after right. and get married. They have become my friends, and right. it was, in some ways, a really shitty year, and in other ways, it was an opportunity for me to meet some really interesting people. You know what that's from about? all across New York City. Yes, that's about the power of yes. Talk to me about Just that. Just say yes. Just say yes. When an opportunity comes, I mean, I would probably say that nine times out of ten, the most important things in my life that have happened to me have happened to me simply because someone presented an opportunity for me and I just said yes. And I think that we all need to do that more, mm-hmm. right? To, to just try something new. Just, you know, just try something new or just... Just experience something new. And and I know that even if it's just going for a cup of coffee, right? Like you're talking about, just go for a cup of coffee. The last one maybe didn't work out. And, you know, and 
So you end up dating half of Manhattan, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, yeah. but then you end up doing a podcast and, yeah. and uh, you know, and, uh, and we've got 27 people that are listening and that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. We've got 27. It might be 30 after this small. We don't I know. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And you know what? To me, 27 long, plus my mother, by the way. So say, 28. As long as Josie is listening. Yeah. Oh no, she's I'm listening. Fine. Oh, for I'm sure. Fine yeah. Yeah. I am a huge fan. I just mm. want to say I'm a huge fan of Josie. She's a wild pony. Yeah, she, she is. And I've, I mean, I respect her opinion deeply. Well, good. You know, I'm sure she'll yes. she'll let me know what she thinks of this podcast. I love the she? view out of her window. Yeah, she is. She's she's pretty nuts. She's a wonderful, wonderful. I've, I'm lucky. I have two really awesome parents, but she's she's really crazy. Yeah, I would love to hear the podcast between you and your mom someday. I maybe we'll do that. All right, I could maybe do that. maybe that would be my podcast. Maybe I could just like interview all of my friends' moms. You could, and you'd be so good at that. Because I have to tell you, my mother, when I was, I, last summer, I uh, lived at home for most of the summer because I was in the midst of uh, this breakup. And my mother came into my room one day. And I have to give my mother so much credit for this. She came into my room, she sat, and I had a little bench in my room. She sat in my room and she said, Jason, so she had this little smile on her face. And I thought, oh shit, where is she going? She's like, are you going to get on those websites anytime soon? And I'm like, websites. what websites are you talking about? And she's like, you know, to like, to meet guys. And I said, firstly, it's not done on a website anymore. You know, it's not done on, you know, this isn't. Now, why did you have to do that to her? Why did you have to bring up the technical issue of it? Well, I, well, I, I brought up further than that. No, I did know what she meant. I said, it's done on Don't an Don't do app. that to your mother. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> it, firstly, it's not done on a website. And secondly, you will not be managing my Hinge or Bumble profiles. But then... She kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing, because I think she thought, like, I had a pretty classy, what I would argue is, like, a relatively classy, you know, it was me just as I am. So I sent her screenshots of my profile, because I thought, she's going to get into her mind, like, I don't know what she's thinking, like, I have in my profile, but it's a very tame, I talk about, like, liking to get free cheese samples at Whole Foods. So it's, like, pretty tame. Wait, you put that on your profile? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. (laughs) I said, I need to find somebody who's not ashamed to go get free cheese wow. samples at Whole Foods with me. Wow, okay. All and right. several of the people who re- wrote, reached out to me said that they would have no problem doing so that. So were, lo- were you a lover of the New York State Fair? I did like parts of the New York State Fair. Like the parts where they gave you stuff? Oh, of course. <laughs> Anytime. I'll go to Wegmans. I'll go to oh at Trader Joe's, like that little corner in the back of the store where you they give you. You must have been some. a madman in the dairy building. Costco and Sam's Club. You can go. And eat, you can go eat lunch there, Mom. You probably yes, you can. You absolutely can. You absolutely can. The problem is, I've got to like hang out with all the other people that shop at Costco and yeah. Walmart. Yeah. So I have a question because you were talking a lot about, uh, not a lot about, but you spoke briefly about like enjoying sex. Yeah. And absolutely. so one thing that I found interesting is I have gotten to know. You know, a number of people in the last, a number of new people in the last year is the number of people who use Grinder. Now, I have no, I have no judgment whatsoever. I was not personally on Grinder because no, you've I, got to explain to me what Grinder is. So Hinge and Bumble are like, <laughs> let's go to, let's go to like a meal. Let's see if we like each like other. A real let's. Date. It's a date. Okay. It's a right, date. Okay. Grinder is more transactional. It's often used for sex among gay men. Now, that's okay, not universally okay. true, but I find that. Of the people that I and know. And ain't nothing wrong with that. No, I as agree. As long as you're safe. And as long as you're safe and as Thank long you. as you know that both okay. parties know that that's what it is. Uh, that's how Perfect. I do it. It wouldn't okay. be something for me, but there's a lot of people who use it and that's fine. Yeah. But my question is this. The guys that I know, and it's anecdotal, it's maybe like five or ten that are like frequent grinder users. 
are not people that really feel good after their encounter. Like they use it, it feels good in a moment, and then they're like depressed immediately afterwards. I think everybody craves real human connection. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think that Grindr provides that. I think it provides fun in the moment, and I think that's what a lot of people use it for. But I'm not sure that it actually makes people feel fulfilled long term. I think there are people that are huge, just absolute asshole narcissists. Okay. And even those people desire, you know, some kind of connection. They just want it on their own terms. Let's just put that out there, first of all. Okay, Okay. fair. But I do think that, um, first of all, whatever it is that you need... I say go ahead and get it as long as you're being safe. I work for a sexual healthy organization. Yeah. So for me, it's like just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Sure. Make sure you're getting tested. Absolutely. Make sure that you're wearing a condom. You're right. using the right kind of lube. All of the other things. Sure. Right? Um, I would say that um, everybody needs to be in therapy. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers to that. I love therapy. <laughs> I have the Everybody best. Everybody needs to be in therapy. Okay? I have the best because therapist. Keep going. Yes. If you're hooking up, if you're yeah. hooking up, I love my therapist. Me too. Um, I want to interview her, but I don't know if she does. Probably crosses all sorts of boundaries, but oh I I love God, her. I yeah. absolutely love my therapist. Uh-huh. Um, I call him Doc. Uh, anyway, so I think that anyone who is having sex and immediately feeling miserable is not going about it the right way. You know what I mean? I mean, listen, I will. I will like, you can have like four dates with somebody or three dates with somebody or just hook up with somebody and that's really wonderful. Um, But then you've got to also be honest about it, right? You have to be honest about it as well. And I do think that that's that's a problem because if you're not, if you can't be honest with yourself, how are you going to be honest with the person that you're having sex with, Mm -hmm. right? And so you really have to, like, step back. Maybe you shouldn't be having sex, you know? I mean, maybe you should be having sex with yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you, that because I find that, again, this isn't universally true, and I know a lot of people that would argue that are very emotionally evolved and are in, like, committed healthy relationships. And mm-hmm. I would argue I know people that are looking for that. And I would view myself as, like, on my way to having that. Right. But when I see the people that I know, that some, some of whom are very good friends of mine, that are like, you know, this guy was walking around 37th Street and he was 30 feet away. And so Grinder helped to make this encounter. And then they feel miserable afterwards. And my question is like, and I've said this to them, these are some of them are very good friends of mine. Like, why are you doing this? If you were doing it and you were feeling good about it afterwards, then fine. Wouldn't be for me, but go for it. That's a physiological thing, though, right? I mean, if you're just having sex with somebody, there's a physiological thing that's happening. Fair. You're you're having sex. You're you're getting your you know your emotions. T- you're you're getting your your like hormonal thing taken care of. Sure. Right. I mean, sure. you're coming whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Yeah. So so that right there is one need taken care of. But then there's also the other need. You know, I mean, like for me, I need to trust somebody. I truly need to trust somebody. That's a big deal for me. Sure. Like, I'm in a relationship right now. Absolutely love him. Fantastic. He He's seems probably, fabulous. He poured these so drinks. Much. He seems like he a wonderful man. He did, and there's yeah. a lot of vodka He here. seems <laughs> terrific. He seems like a really wonderful he person. He is, and there's a very big part of me that doesn't trust it. Mm-hmm. Right? Still, in this moment, like, it's been, like, I don't know, seven, eight months. I don't even know how long it's been. It's been great. But 
there's still that part of me that's like, I don't trust it. When's the, sh- the other part of the shoe going to drop? When are you going to turn out to be an asshole? When are you going to destroy me? You know what I'm saying? And then, and then that's, so that's, so that's a therapy session right there. Have you spoken, <laughs> I want to actually talk with you about this because have you spoken to your therapist about this very issue? Because as you, you met somebody that I, uh, well, you, you knew the person that I was with for 10 years. Yes. And then you met the person that I was dating for a brief period, uh, over Christmas Yes, I did. You did. <laughs> and one of the things that he always criticized me for, and I think rightfully so, it was a constructive feedback, is I would say, yeah, you're really nice. And I'd say, so far. Like, I'm waiting for this other thing because you can't be this perfect. Like, there's not, there's, there is an wait, issue. Wait, he would say that to you? I would say that to him. I would say, you are being really nice to me and um, I'm just waiting for the other shooter. I'm waiting for this other side well, honey, of you. But you know what? That's, that's always in the beginning. Everybody's perfect in the beginning. Everybody's perfect in the beginning until you actually start to have a need. And then that need becomes, you know, like a, a thing. And by that time, you're like in it or you're not in it. But Mo, I would argue this. This guy, if there was a, a, a Yelp site for boys and future boyfriends, I would give him a five-star review. He just wasn't for me. And that, I will tell you this, when I told him that it wasn't working, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't. Long haul, it wasn't. He wanted to be married and have children and he should have that. Right. Those are not things that I want right now. And he, sh- he deserves that. But I will say this, when I said this really this just isn't working. He walked me with tears in his eyes to the Port Authority bus terminal, that shitty bus terminal in Manhattan. Yeah, it's a really shitty And he bus waited terminal. for me to like get on the bus and then like like gave me a hug and waited. He didn't need to do any of that for me. He was Did like, he think you were going to change your mind on the walk? I don't think was so. I think no, I don't there? think so. Oh, it's a fair on. question. No, I think it's a fair question. I think he was just genuinely a nice person. It just Thank didn't work. You. He was just a he was a kind really? person. That just we were misaligned. But see, but this is the thing. Like, yes, he was a very kind person. And and yes, and, and everybody is, everybody has that situation. One of the things that I said to you was that I, and I enjoyed him very much. I met him. I enjoyed him very much. I didn't think that he was sarcastic enough for you. Oh, you think I need a smart ass? I think you need somebody that understands who you are. I think mm. you need to, I, and I, you know, because nobody can handle that level of happy. I mean, <laughs> honest to God, I can't handle that level of happy at all. I would, I would, you know, mm. I would, you know. But, but the, 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 the point that I wanted to make, and it's something that you said is, with the person that you're seeing right now, who seems lovely. I've, I've only met him twice, but he seems awesome. Oh, it's got, and he's got all those buzzwords, right? He's emotionally intelligent. Yeah. He's, you know, he seems great. Yeah. Absolutely. But you have said just now, and you did something that I have done, and you're like, it's great so far. Like, I'm waiting for the other shooter job. I yeah. did the same thing. And do you think sometimes that's not fair to the other person? Because with this guy, the guy that I was seeing, he's like, you need to judge me based on who I am, not on who you think I'm who you think I am. And he's like, I go, he used to say, I would go, he was like, I'll go running with you. I'll do this. Or that. What do I need to prove to you to show you that I actually like you? And I was like, I don't know, but like, I don't believe you. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a degree of yourself that is doing that here. Is that fair? Oh yeah, totally. And, but that's based, that's not based on him. That's based on me. That's based me on too. me. That's based on me coming from a relationship where I got hurt so bad I mean, like, I mean, now, obviously, you know the situation that I was mm-hmm. in, right? I, I mean, do. I dated a man for three years, madly in love with him, and then uh, just one day he just stopped talking to me, like, literally, like, that the was devastating. it. Like, yeah. Stood up st- and said, you know, like, I, ju- this isn't working for me. You, you know, I'm done with you, mm-hmm. is the language. I'm done with you. And after that happened, um, within three months was engaged, and within four months was married to somebody else. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and and that's fine. I I um. There were a lot of other issues I didn't see, didn't want to see, so you know, and that also, that also reminds me of something that I think is really important that I think that we also do to each other. I think the first thing that we need to do after a relationship breaks up or doesn't work out is forgive ourselves. Mm. Right? Cheers to that. Because you talk about forgiveness and you talk about how hard that is. Yeah. But the, it's not even about forgiving the other person. I That'll agree. come later down I the agree. road. Because totally quite agree. honestly, I don't give a fuck what happens to yeah. him, right? Yeah. But for me, I need to forgive myself for making that mistake, for not looking at those those red flags that popped up, mm-hmm. for not paying attention. How in some ways I had to do a bit of that as well. And I talked to my therapist about this. Like right. I am more, more than I am mad at the other person for not working. I am so pissed at myself that I did. Yeah. And I needed to work go, on forgiving Mr. myself. No, you you're right. Go. You got to let it go. You're right. You want to know why? Because in your lifetime, when you think about all of the people that all of the people that you dated and it didn't work with, mm-hmm. are you really going to hold on to all of that? You can't. I mean, you can't, you can't possibly hold on no. to all of that. I agree. And why would you want to? And I'm sure the people that you were with, even if they were the biggest assholes on the planet, mm-hmm. wouldn't want you to either. Yeah. No, you're you right. Know, I got what I needed to get from that person. And they came into my life at whatever time they came into my life. I got it. It made me richer or or more aware or or more sarcastic mm-hmm. or or maybe my eyes were opened a little bit more mm-hmm. and that's for the next person yeah. that came along you're right that's all you know it's like collecting material yeah in your in your brain you know what i mean i don't need that piece of information right now but i'm going to store it in here so i might use it later before I ask my, my, my last question, I want to say this reminds me of a quote that I saw on, I follow like rantings of a beautiful mind. I follow all these like very mm. inspirational. And there was something that I said, it was a, it was a South African friend of mine that shared it. She shares all of this content and I'm obsessed with it. And it said something along the lines of like throughout life, we collect a bunch of um, materials and like the challenge of our adult lives is to figure out like what, which stuff we should take with us and which stuff we should leave behind. And that really spoke to me oh. because I feel like I sometimes take a very heavy load and I can, I can let go of some of it and that's okay. So my, my, my question for you is, my very last question for you is, what is your hope for you for this year? Wow, man, 2020 sucks. Yeah, doesn't it's not it? great. I mean, it really sucks. I agree. I just really want to get to the end of the year employed. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think you. that I'm I'm kind of of this mindset of just enjoying the stuff that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. The simple stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, I want to wake up in the morning and be laying next to somebody that I actually enjoy, who enjoys me. I hear that. You know, that's like, that's, and that's the hard part. The second part of that is hard. I hear that. Um, I want to watch my daughter succeed. I want to... Um, I want to, I want to not lose anyone from addiction this year. You know, I want to, uh, watch my, my dear friends, Carrie and Stacy. I want to watch their children, uh, you know, uh, be happy and play. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't like my, my wants for this year are so small, but they're so meaningful. They're Mm -hmm. so, uh, I think that they're wrought in thoughtfulness because yeah. I just feel like it's been such a shitty year and we've been put in this horrible place by a person who lacks any empathy mm-hmm. or I hear uh, that or even 
dare I say it, love. Yeah. You know, and that really, that really drives me crazy. But so that's my so that's my hope, just to get to the end of this year, employed and um, and on the other side of it, because I do think that this is an incredible opportunity. You know, we have an opportunity where we could actually fail. We also have an opportunity where this could be an incredible uh, restructure mm-hmm. and revitalization and reinvention of who we all are as people. I you agree. know, like let's pay attention to what's important. Let's pay attention to each other. Let's listen to each other's stories. Let's look up from our phone. Let's invite people in, right, and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's. You know, let's stick up for each other. Yeah. Let's remember why we're all fucking here. Yeah. You know? I love that. On that, I'm going to say thank you and cheers oh, to you. Cheers. I so appreciate your willingness to talk to me. You, as I said, are somebody that I have looked up to because I do think you are so masterful at reinventing yourself and you are one of the kindest, oh. nicest people I know. And you are my Carla from Bad Moms. And I really, <laughs> really appreciate you talking to me today. So thank you. For being oh on my this. god! And everyone who's listening, go to therapy. If you go, don't to, the therapy. go to therapy, god damn it! That's the last no thing that we're shame. gonna say. No shame in loving yourself. Thanks, Mo. Bye.